Yo, yo, welcome to Crypto 101, the average consumer's guide to cryptocurrency. This is Matthew Aaron, and today we have an episode from ICO 101, a Crypto 101 podcast with Aaron Paul. If you like this episode, please go to ICO 101 on your iTunes podcasts and subscribe, leave a rating, and look forward to their podcast coming out every Friday morning. Enjoy. Hello, ladies and gents. Welcome to ICO 101, a Crypto 101 podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Paul. Crypto 101's mission is to deconstruct ICOs from the ground up by answering some of the most commonly asked questions and addressing many common concerns regarding ICOs. We will package all of this information in the most simplistic manner possible to help you, the average ICO consumer, learn, participate, and gain knowledge about ICOs. Today's episode will have two segments. The first segment will be a very basic overview of Kapow Chain while the second segment will feature my interview with Jeff Huang, the founder of Mithril. Mithril wants to get you paid for your social media content. So if that's something you're interested in, stay tuned. Remember to let me know you care about ICO 101 and go to iTunes, subscribe to us, give us an awesome rating, as well as some amazing feedback. If you don't love ICO 101, and you want to let me know, you can by contacting me via email at aaron.paul at crypto101podcast.com. There you can share your honest, direct, and unfiltered feedback so that we can improve the show. Our aim is to make sure that you are fully satisfied with your listening experience. I don't have anybody managing my email or Twitter account, so you can be assured that I'm getting them. And speaking of Twitter, follow us and chat with me at ICO101podcast. I started working when I was 14 years old. I had two jobs. One job required me to wake up before the sun came up to sling newspapers. This was a seven day a week job. But my second job was the dream job. I worked at a comic book shop for a few times per week after school. Some of my most cherished memories come from this comic book shop. Rain or shine, snowstorm, hailstorm. I rode hard to get to work in record time every day. I was always excited to go. This especially held true on Wednesdays, my favorite day of the week. Wednesdays were the holy grail of the week because it was the day when all of the new comic books came in. My job was to open the newly arrived boxes. It was like Christmas every week. I was the first in the shop to smell the aroma of the newly printed comic books as they came out of the box. Excitement filled me as I anticipated fresh new adventures with the heroes that I had come to know. After I unpacked the comics, I would file the reserved comics into the members' files and put the rest on the shelf to read. After that, I was ready to go into the alternative universe of my choosing. I worked at that comic book shop for another two years, and to this day, whenever I visit a comic book shop or go to a comic con, I get this kind of excitement that's hard to contain. If any one of you get the pleasure of meeting Mrs. ICO 101, then she will testify to that excitement. So when I was browsing for upcoming ICO token sales, I came across the Kapow chain found in the comics and collectibles industry. This is the first ICO I found located in one of the industries that I love. Then I went to the website, and it says this at the very top. Ready? In the land of heroes, anti-heroes, villains, monsters, sorcerers, magicians, and mortals, one coin will bond them all. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So needless to say, my inner nerd was tickled. Kapow Chain aims to reinvent the collectibles economy through the blockchain. They want to do this by revolutionizing the efficiencies of the way collectibles flow through the supply chain. They want to do this first by securing and preserving collectibles for life. They are doing this with their digital authentication passport technology, or DAP as we're going to call it. To explain DAP, I will use an example using a comic book called New Mutants. So say I own New Mutants number 98, and I want to secure this so that it is known that no one but me owns this specific copy of New Mutants number 98. I would go to Kapow and use the DAP technology process to link a permanent digital ID to my comic book. DAP verifies the comic book, presumably the condition of the comic book, although I'm unsure how they do this yet, and assign the ownership to me. Then the item and my ownership is uploaded to the blockchain and my ownership is immutable until I verify a change in ownership. 
The second phase of DAP technology is a whole supply chain and logistics tracking system that seems quite ambitious. But since this is only a preview, I'm not going to get into too much detail on this aspect of DAP. Instead, I want to talk about Kapow's Comics Crowd Social and Marketplace Community. The Comics Crowd Social and Marketplace Community is a platform to encourage mass adoption. It is a decentralized social media community built for the millions of people who want to converge and share in similar interests as it relates to collectibles. The community as a whole will use Kapow coins as a sole medium of exchange in the market. Comics Crowd will feature current price guides, inventory management, digital comics, downloads, marketplace, and a directory of retailers accepting Kapow coins. Kapow boasts that Comics Crowd will be the first and the biggest decentralized social marketplace platform serving the collectibles industry. Kapow coins will be used to incentivize activities such as contents, comments, positive selling experience, and other interactions that create positive feedbacks and likes. As a consumer of collectibles, here are a few reasons why I like Kapow. First, buying a comic book online is a horrible experience for anybody who's ever tried to do it, even on eBay. And there are some major trust issues when it comes to buying a rare comic book. I can see some major disruptions in this industry using Kapow's DAP technology while utilizing the comics crowd to facilitate purchases. In today's comic book collectibles realm, and it might be in other collectibles markets, real value or current market price of a comic book is very subjective, varying from dealer opinion to dealer opinion. And for me, that seems to be the value proposition that the Comics Crowd platform offers. That is, the possibility that I can get real-time market prices of collectibles based off known supply and demand within the market, with the ability to instantly buy or sell any collectible. I think they are in a niche market that has a lot of leverage points if they get this right with the right partners. Second, as a huge consumer of books and novels, I can easily see this platform being used to purchase rare books. I've had a very hard time finding some first editions or signed copies of particular favorites of mine. So hopefully these guys can solve that problem. Again, don't think that Kapow is only catering to comic books. According to their website, many different collectibles will be utilized on this platform. So my love for comics and collectibles aside, I had to put on my businessman's hat. And so let's talk about my first impressions. My first impressions of the website was that it was average based on my experience researching various ICOs. I do not like the way they presented the information on their website. I do not like the way that they explain the information or their technology and the order it's presented in. Only because of the industry that they were speaking about that I understood a lot of what they were saying. I feel like the average consumer would not be able to fully grasp what they were doing here. And this is sad considering almost every child growing up used to own some kind of collectible that should help them or her relate to the problem Kapow is trying to solve. I will say that, though 80% of the information I wanted I could find, it took a lot of hunting. For me, there are a lot of questions that remain about DAP technology, and especially their supply chain tracking logistics ambitions. The necessity of the Kapow coins, for me, is in question, and the usage of their coin doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. As always, I tend to cast a very critical eye on leadership teams, and so there is next to nothing on their website about the team. While their team members, including the CEO and advisors, are listed on the website, the links to each individual only filter back to the CEO. So if you try to click on anybody else that's not the CEO, when you click on that person, it'll go back to the CEO. And additionally, the CEO is described as a serial entrepreneur, but I can't find anything else that proves this to be true. Most of this might be explained by looking at their roadmap. It seems I found them quite early. According to their roadmap, press releases won't start launching until April of 2018, so next month. The pre-token sales start in May, and the ICO opens May 15th. We're going to assume that it's probably going to get pushed back. Kapow is built off the Ethereum platform running ERC-20 compatible tokens. They have a relatively low hard cap at $15 million, and out of 100% of the tokens issued, they will keep only 15% for their team. Vesting periods are unavailable at the moment. So to find out more about Kapow, have a look at the show notes and um, check them out. Now let's move on to our next segment, which is an interview I had with Jeff Huang, founder of Mithril. Remember, here at ICO 101, when we are interviewing the heads of these ICOs, we are asking them all about their companies with one goal in mind. Can they 
convince us, the average consumer, why we should participate with our hard-earned money into their ICO. And that's what we did here. Jeff has a very interesting background and experience. He is raw, real, and he didn't pull many punches. I hope you enjoy this interview as much as I did. Without further ado, please enjoy my episode with Jeff Huang, founder of Mithril. Thanks for having me, Aaron. You're welcome. Who are you? Tell us about yourself. I was born in Taiwan, grew up in the States, and then I've been working on Taiwan for the last decade or so. I'm from the entertainment business, yeah, and I've been dabbling in tech. You know, I was part of the internet bubble, did a startup. I sold my company and then went back into entertainment, and then I got in on the mobile app scene. We have the largest live streaming platform in Asia. It's MEChi, uh, M17. Mm-hmm. Lately, uh, I founded a cryptocurrency, Mithril. I call it social, social Bitcoin. So before Mithril, as I understand, you ran the media company. I found the articles that said 17 Media. Is yeah. that the English translation? Sure. 17 okay. Media. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, well, I guess that explains what you were doing before Mithril. Uh-huh. How does what you were doing before relate to what you're doing now in Mithril? Like when we started off with 17 Media, which is a live streaming platform, it has gifting on there. It's kind of like tipping. It's kind of like Twitch, like gaming, but more social. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of influencers, KLLs, celebrities, and then like everyday people or people that are social media, what you call savvy. I think the one thing is even me as an artist myself, well, I used to be a rapper. I had a couple you know, rap crews and groups and, and I did music for the last 25 years. You know, like when I used to do Instagram and, and Facebook and, you know, Snapchat, Twitter and Waypool, Sino Waypool, I give away my social content, my personal content, photos of, uh, you know, backstage or, you know, birthdays, you know, going to weddings or, you know, pictures of pets, food. I give it all away to Facebook, Instagram. They make a ton of money on ad revenue and they don't share it. Unlike, let's say, YouTube's model where you post your videos and you can get paid through a revenue share of the ad revenue. So Mithril's main point is to fix that problem, which is personal content rev share. So, but of course, we don't want ads on the platform on Lit or whatnot. So a way of rewarding our, our social content producers, you know, or any everyday users for the personal content they provide is that we reward them with Mithril. That makes sense that, well, I know YouTube does pay, Facebook doesn't pay, Instagram doesn't pay. Who else pays and doesn't pay for the media content? Uh, Snapchat doesn't pay. Uh, Spotify, of course, pays, right? Netflix pays. I feel it's only right, first of all. Early on, of course, you know, they provide you a service, a platform for you to use and whatnot. So I thought it was a fair exchange. But now whenever I try to promote my album, I mean music or my club back in the day, there's a boost button next to my post now. And you got to pay in order to get the traffic for your post. Whereas in the past, there was never a boost button. But that's, you know, once Facebook went public, then you hit those quarterly numbers and uh, they make you pay to get your traffic. So your slogan on the website is Mithril. Find followers, fortune, and fame. So what is currently wrong with existing social media ecosystems and that are prohibiting people from finding followers, fortune, and fame? You're missing the fortune. And then, uh, I mean, you can still get fame, but on their terms, because they have algorithms that only uh, let through content that they deem is beneficial to them. You could test it, right? If you take a photo and the photo is like you and your friend or your family, and you'll, you'll see there's a lot of likes on it. You'll see a lot of traffic, but take another photo, put a date on it, like, oh, March 3rd, see you at, you know, somewhere, or you, you say something like, oh, March 14th, my album's coming out, or even put text on the photo, and you'll find out that you don't get as many likes, you don't get as much traffic. Yeah, the algorithm's all set up to make you pay whenever you try to promote something, and, you know, things through that are going to generate traffic that they make all the revenue for. The algorithm is currently built that if I want to promote something, you have to pay mm-hmm. to get it to the masses. So yes. with the yes. Mithril platform, yeah. I get paid for sharing, say, that party or my club or whatever. I mean, you get Mithril for generating traffic to whatever your post is about. Like, let's say spam people with, with crappy content. I'm pretty sure you'll lose followers. I really, you know, I'm a fan of Vero. There's a new social platform that is like, they said it's ad-free. That's what I would like to do with the Lit platform. It's ad-free, and everybody gets rewarded in uh, Mithril. 
And uh, I don't believe that if you spam people or if you post crappy content, people are going to follow you. Mm-hmm. And if you push good content, they will. And I, I want to put the control in the hands of the viewers. A really good point is that social media is not who you really are anymore. It's what Facebook, Instagram, or you know, Twitter defines you as. Like They have algorithms that are set up to supposedly cater to you, but mm-hmm. it might also pigeonhole you. Right. Like, you know, you click on MBA and that's all you see for the rest of the rest of the week or day, you know, right. um, not that I mind. I do like MBA. Right. You know, I'm just saying it's like there's very little new to explore. They don't really push anything new on you. And then which one of your friends are actually your close friends and which ones are not. It's determined by algorithm and not by you, mm-hmm. which I think on that sense, if we're not talking about Mithra, we're talking about lit the platform that we're trying to program so that you, you have more control over what you see. Mm-hmm. and who you follow and whatnot. And if someone is really spammy, one of your friends, don't follow him or turn him down a little bit. I mean, we're going to put more of the control back in the hands of the users so that it's more real social. Yeah, and then aside from that, like I said, if you post content, personal content or entertaining content that gets a lot of views, you'll get rewarded with Mithril. You own a piece of it, yeah. The Lit Platform, what's the difference between the Lit Platform and the Myth token? Myth is, is a token, right? And I believe that, you know, sometime in the future, this cryptocurrency can be used on other social platforms. It doesn't matter if it's dating apps, it can be used as currency. Um, I think it could be, I'm very willing to work with Facebook or Instagram if they want to adopt Mithra as one of the cryptocurrency or any other social platform. Like once we set up the Mithra Foundation, people can come and apply or use Mithra on their platforms. But in the meantime, because I, I do build apps, we, we built a 17 media live streaming app, we will build a lit platform that is customized for the Mithril currency. Yeah, I mean, that's the difference. I mean, Mithril is an ERC-20 token built mm-hmm. on the Ethereum platform. There's a, a hard cap of a billion of these tokens, and people can earn them on the lit platform. Oh, social mining. I mean, that's that's key uh, term in, in the Mithril network is social mining. So like Bitcoin mining, right? There, you need a computer and you do proof of work. And you, you get rewarded in Bitcoin. So here, it's social mining. You use your mobile app. You, you take pictures, you take videos and photos, and you socially mine Mithra token. So the Myth token is built off the Ethereum platform for mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But the Lit platform is going to be your platform that you're building to, as I understand, integrate with other social media platforms? No. Uh, Lit is a social media platform itself, and you can mine Mithra on there. You know, I've already got in a pipeline other social apps that are willing to accept Mithril as a form of payment. There's a possibility of collaborating with them to also be able to mine Mithril on their platforms, but those are still in talks. It's it's a little early. Why would merchants take Myth tokens, and how do you plan on reaching mass adoption? Okay, so a lot of people I think are mistaken in, in the in the crypto market, right? Like they're always like, oh, will you accept you know Litecoin? Are they going to accept Monero? Are they going to accept Bitcoin? Will they accept Bitcoin Cash, will they accept Ripple, you know? Mm -hmm. And my belief is if you accept crypto, then you accept all crypto. So, I mean, it won't be in the beta. Our beta launches March 5th, by the way. Maybe this this cast is out by then. But um, our beta comes out, and you can mine Mithril. But in our roadmap, we're going to be building a Mithril wallet with also Mithril Shapeshift. I'm sure you've heard of Shapeshift.io. So I believe Shapeshift.io should be built into my app, into your wallet or into your vault or whatever we want to call where you store your tokens, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say uh, Starbucks takes Litecoin. Well, when you get there and you have Mithril, but you don't have Litecoin, just Shapeshift it to Litecoin and go ahead and buy your Starbucks coffee. You go to McDonald's and they only accept Bitcoin, Shapeshift your myth into, into Bitcoin and adopt it. I'm sure every wallet's going to have this in the future. It just hasn't been implemented, but I'm sure every wallet will have a Shapeshift sooner or later. It's like if I'm in America... And I go to Japan, I have to, at the airport, exchange my U.S. dollar into yen, right? And if I go from Japan back to Taiwan, I need my yen to turn it to NT. But now we have a mobile app, you know, the world's a small place. Wherever I go, whatever type of crypto I accept, I just shapeshift to exchange it into the, the, the currency that they accept, the crypto that they accept. So I, I don't believe that, you know, you need to build out this distribution. As long as they accept crypto, you, you can shapeshift your, whatever crypto you have into whatever crypto. So we've, we've talked about the shapeshift and the spend. I'm thinking we didn't touch on just a little bit more of the social mining aspect because you, you did say that that's a big part of this. Can you go into yes. it just in a little more detail? Okay, social mining is uh, inspired by Bitcoin. Bitcoin's proof of work, Bitcoin mining, it's, it's inspired by that. You know, for Bitcoin, you have a computer, you help keep track of the ledger, uh, help with transactions. You earn a little bit of Bitcoin for your proof of work. And 
on social mining, it's the similar. You mine by you know posting videos, photos, or or live stream, and you you do your proof of work, and you get uh, your reward, which is mithril tokens. And with the whole social mining, right? I mean, the inspiration is from Bitcoin. But, you know, I, like I said, I'm in the entertainment business for 25 years. So songs I've written 25 years ago or lyrics I wrote like 10 years ago, 20 years ago, a movie that I produced, a TV show that I produced, I get royalties on all that after 25 years still. Mm-hmm. But I produce, you know, a photo or a video that might go viral. Like, like sometimes I take a picture of me and some other of my celeb friends and there's like a million views on it. Of those million views, there was a lot of traffic generated. A lot of ads were placed next to my content. And all of it's taken by the social network. There was no revenue share. There's no, no money given. I mean, you can. <laughs> I, I did a movie that bombed. I lost a lot of money on. You can even argue that more people saw a lot of my social media posts than my movie by far. <laughs> you know, my movie maybe only 50,000 50, people saw it, right? And then I clicked some money on that, but I, you know, lost a lot of money doing that movie. But only 50,000 people ever saw that movie. Okay, maybe add in TV reruns or whatever it being played on the airplane, whatnot, and add it up. It has a hundred thousand views. But a social media post has like a million, two million views. It might be worth 10 to 20 times my movie, right? But we get zero for it. And like I said, that's the main part of this whole social mining that social mining and the Mithril and Lit platform that we're trying to solve is this no rev share or royalty or reward for the content that you produce on a daily basis. That's awesome. So let me give a, a real one-on-one example for the listeners. And I'm going to use Facebook because everybody uses Facebook. An example of mining for social mining would be I'm filling content with cute baby laughs mm-hmm. on Facebook mm-hmm. and I don't get paid for it. But on your platform, if people like all the content that I'm posting of cute baby laughs, I'm going to mine coin. I'm going to mine myth coins. Is that correct? Is yes. that how I understand it? That's correct. Okay. That's correct. Cool. That's awesome. So yeah. it looks like Myth already finished its pre-sale and crowd sale. Is, yes. Is that, is that what I understand? Uh, we, we didn't do an ICO. We just did a private sale and then we straight listed on currently on only one exchange, which is OK Exchange. It's like the largest exchange in the world. And um, we have a one month exclusive with them. So after the month is up, then we'll be listing on more exchanges. But Yes, for the initial listing, it was um, a one-month exclusive. So we're on, we're on OK Exchange right now, OKEX.com. So if, if somebody listening right now wants to participate in Myth, they can go on OK Exchange and purchase Myth coins? Sure, sure. I mean, um, and, or by the time this airs, I'm pretty sure the app is out. The beta of the app is out. Right. So, you know, in case you use it, it's buggy or crashes. Don't, don't, don't go crazy. <laughs> so basically, and, and, you know, from my experience in apps, there's, there's always bugs the more people use it, and I expect it to be fairly viral. And uh, it'll be called Lit, L-I-T, and uh, it's initially on the Android uh, Google Play. For the iOS, we have a test flight version that will probably launch March 5th also, and uh, you could probably sign up for the whitelisting on our Telegram group. Yeah, I mean, like I would encourage everybody to mine Mithril. If you are trading crypto and whatnot, you know, I believe, you know, there's only three real tokens out there and it's Bitcoin, Ethereum and Mithril. That's it. And we'll, I don't believe in anything else. We'll put those links in the show notes as well for people to download that wallet. Yeah, great. What countries can participate in your platform? So like I noticed when you guys went ICO private sale, like China was, you couldn't do it in China or US and I think it was a couple other places. Does that not matter now once this wallet is launched? Um, I mean, it's not a wallet. It's like a social platform. I'm sorry. I'm Pretty so much sorry, sorry. it. The yeah, social platform yeah, it, and, and, yeah. and how people participate in it. Does that not matter anymore? Google Play is very supportive of crypto. They allow you to build crypto apps. So if you are using an Android phone, uh, you can go to the Google Play store and download the Lit app, L-I-T, okay. and you can start mining. And that's pretty much every country but China. Uh, okay. China does not allow Google Play in there. So. Right. Uh, they will not be participating on the 5th. Uh, we are going to develop APK for the China market, but we don't have so much time right now. We're building up the team. Almost everybody can, can start mining. And I mean, if you're on iOS, like I said, iOS is not quite as crypto friendly, or maybe they're just waiting for you to become one of the mainstream cryptos before they allow it on their iOS right. uh, platform. So for now, we can have up to, actually, it's, it's not a small amount. Um, well, actually, I think it might be, but we can have 10,000 test flight users for the iOS. And I think we're, you know, whitelisting people on the television. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The Graham Group to get the test flight for iOS. So let's look at your roadmap. So when your team started in uh, the fourth quarter of 2017, Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it looks like you're on track to hit your lit alpha and beta March 5th. There you go. Yeah, we've been banging away, no sleep. That's how our team operates. And uh, yeah, it's fun. Everybody on the team is really excited. And uh, we can't wait to try out social mining and see how it works among everybody. And we got the Lit platform coming in 2018 and the wallet alpha and beta in Q3 and then the release Q4. How are you looking on the rest of your your roadmap timelines? When we're recruiting every day, we're we're like hiring, uh, interviewing for hire. You know, we only want the best developers. And I think we can build up the team to hit all of our deadlines, if not earlier. Like you said that you guys are like Crypto 101, but still, I would like to bring up another aspect that I think is a really cool feature is proof of stake that we adopted from everybody else's proof of stake, right? We've heard a lot of proof of stake models and we added it to our social proof of stake. Before you get into proof of stake, can you explain proof of stake in a very one-on-one manner and then go into it? Okay. I don't think of myself as a crypto expert. I actually feel like I'm only half crypto and I'm half real world. <laughs> That's kind of like the I think we're ongoing all in good joke. Company. Okay. Okay. So, you know, proof of work is from Bitcoin, is inspired by Bitcoin. The first time I heard proof of stake was through Ethereum and Vitalik Buterin. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, a lot of other cryptos have adopted a proof of stake model and used it. I think right. it's Monero and a lot of other people. So a proof of stake is just that it proves that you, you are holding the token, right? You, you belong part of the community. You believe in the in the cryptocurrency. So you, you hold it or you stake it. Mm-hmm. Whereas like in Bitcoin, you don't need to. You just have a machine. You can mine it. You could dump it. You could sell every Bitcoin you have in your in your pocket or wallet or wherever you keep it. And you can continue to mine it. But for like, let's say Ethereum, they're saying, hey, you got to prove a stake it. Let's say you own 10% of Ethereum, then you can mine another 10%. You can continue to mine Ethereum if you have 10% of it or you have a stake of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not letting people that have no stake in, in Ethereum mine anymore, which is kind of cool. That's their rule. So there are all types of proof of stake. Proof of stake for the Mithril system will just be that the more you stake of Mithril, the easier it will be for you to mine Mithril. Mining of Mithril, the social mining of Mithril, is just like Bitcoin. It gets more and more difficult. People that mine Bitcoin early, you don't have to use one computer and you can mine like 100 Bitcoin. Now you need like an army of computers and you, can, you might be able to mine like one Bitcoin. Same thing, I think in the social mining aspect would be early on, you can mine it for you know maybe 1,000 views for one Mithril token. But later on, it might be 100,000 views just to get one Mithril token because the, the social mining difficulty goes up as more people mine it as the amount of Mithra gets more scarce. 
though, if you do stake it, like you mine it and you don't just dump it or, or trade it away or, or just lose it, you know, if you stake it, you'll increase your mining power, therefore, you know, making it easier for you to mine more of it. Myth with interest. Uh, no interest. No, we're not given. Yeah. You know. So there's a few things like we've been very careful to keep as a utility protocol token okay. and avoid any SEC or you know this kind of dividends or any any of that kind of stuff. So yeah, there's no interest. I mean, you just stake it and you you're it's easier for you to socially mine. Thanks for bringing that up. I think I missed that when I was looking at your white paper though. To be straight up, is that. In the white paper, uh, we left out a lot of things. Uh, like I said, I'm half in the real world and halfway in the crypto world. The real world is this. When I was doing my live streaming app, our competitors would copy our features like the very next day or three days. You know, we'd have a very small grace window. And it's funny when I look at white papers, I'm like, man, you give away your roadmap, you give away all your plans, your competitors just copy. You know, and it's been known already for people to copy and paste people's mm-hmm. white papers and go raise money. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, uh, I'm not going to give my competitors the edge. I have left out certain details on what we're doing so that other people don't copy our model. And we're very competitive and we're, we're looking to, you know, basically be number one social token, number one in the social crypto area. And we don't want people to copy us and we don't want people to, you know, you can follow us after we do it, but we don't want to tell you before we do it. Yeah. For me, that makes more sense. I lived in China for almost six years, mainland in Shanghai. <laughs> so it was rampant, yeah. rampant, where a company would just, I mean, almost carbon copy the idea, right? And then, yeah. but they would fail because it wasn't their idea. So they thought they could copy all the infrastructure, copy all the plan, copy, and then it would fail. But I understand the apprehension for sure. I, I got you. Yeah, there's, there's like little bits of details that we left out and, and some things we didn't put in there that we are going to do that I think will surprise everybody. Pleasant surprise. And, you know, and, and like I said, once we get momentum, the network going up, I, I'm pretty sure, you know, it's okay. Anybody can try to copy us. It's too late. You know, we'll have, a, we'll have our community. We'll have our momentum and and we'll we'll see what's up. So where do you find the balance between that? When I looked on your website, and I'll be honest, it's not a lot of detail. There's just really, Mm -hmm. really not. And the white paper is vague, yet it has stuff, right? Like you said, it's it's got enough, but it it seemed purposely vague, as you mentioned. So where do you find the balance of when you get on an exchange? They're like, what is this company? I'm going to go on and I'm going to research this company. And they go, oh, they got a website with a with a couple of links that work and a white paper that doesn't tell me much, right? And in a kind yeah. of a vague yeah. road. You know, um, so when we did this, right, we definitely were serious. We came here to win. We came here to do change something. Like Facebook, Instagram, let's be honest, is like the monopoly, right? Mm-hmm. They're like the, the power. And, you know, I love Rage Against the Machine. I, I love, you know, Public Enemy. I want to fight the power. I want to, you know, I want to tear shit up. And I want to fuck shit up. So, and, and plus, like I said, I'm an artist and I believe in my intellectual property rights. You know, my content is my content and, and I give it to you for exchange of a good service. But when you make me boost my post, I get pissed. And so, like I said, and, and I, I have the resources to fight back. I have the resources to do something about it. And I think there's a better social media platform that can be out there and that can reward everybody. So I want to go after them. The thing is that when I was writing the white paper, right, I'm a high school dropout. And when I was trying to write my own white paper, I was like, fuck, I look at every other social token or some social ideas out there and everybody writes better than me, mm-hmm. you know, like I'll give, I'll give steam it credit. Like when I read that white paper, I was like, wow. You know, when I read anybody's white paper, I'm like, wow, these people can write. And you know, when I did my, uh, 17 media, like the biggest Asia platform, I never wrote a white paper. I didn't write a business plan. I just did it. And so to that extent, right. The other part is like, plus my rap music or whatnot, or, or any music production, or when I opened my club, I shot my movie. Okay. A movie had a movie script, but other than that, I never wrote a proposal. I never wrote a business plan. I never wrote a white paper in my life. So when I was writing the white paper, I was building my website. I was like, damn, everybody's white paper looks better than mine. So in September of last year, we started building the product. That's why we could launch it as soon as March 5th, right? Is that in the day, I can't beat you guys on white paper and website. You know, you guys are better at writing shit, but I will have a product. Unlike most cryptocurrencies that promise a product in a few years down the road or whatnot. It's like, we'll have a working product. It'll be in everybody's hot little hands. And then, you know, every week, every month, you'll see less bugs. It's more stable, adding new features. And we'll see who wins at the end. In my opinion, there's another reason why we're listed on OK Exchange and other people are listed on small, tiny exchanges or, or you know, no volume exchanges. You know, we have background. We have the right people. We have the right team. If you look at our advisors, you know, like people are telling me, oh, you know, 
you got to get Pantera. They're like the number one VC. All right. I make some few phone calls to my friends and someone hooked up a meeting. They liked our story. They believe in our background and that we have the right people and right team to pull this off. And they're on board, right? You know, Pantera is one of the big names in, in crypto. Uh, OK Exchange is one of the biggest exchanges. So we don't need the website anymore. We don't need the white paper anymore. That's how I see it. Hmm. And um, that's where we're at today. Well, I like what you said. I'm, And it leads me into my few questions while we wrap mm-hmm. up. I mm-hmm. love leadership. I've dedicated almost 20 years to leadership. I understand mm-hmm. exactly what you said mm-hmm. about execution versus sit there and plan and make this beautiful writing. And the biggest frustration for me and, and a lot of people in the crypto space, all of us newbies, is where's the product? Like, yeah. you will, you're going to, you might maybe give me $30 million and we're going to go travel around and tell you all about the product we're going to have. Yeah. So I think that's a very important point. And I think that execution is key. And I appreciate you saying that. And as a leader in 17 Media, your previous company, what was mm-hmm. the biggest successes and failures that led you to believe that you can be successful or lead you to believe that you can be successful in Mithril and Lit? Oh, that's a good question. Man, we had some hard times. Yeah, we always have hard times. Um, I have to be honest. Uh, my internet company was, you know, it, it ate shit and that's why I had to sell it off. If it wasn't, I would IPO'd, right? I had a club. I shut it down after four year, four and a half years. It was a good run. But, you know, when, when things got bad, you know, it's not like you could uh, turn things around sometimes, you know. You just don't, you know, you worked hard. You tried new things, but you just couldn't turn around sometimes. And with the mobile app live streaming, you know, from all my experiences and failures, we pulled it off so that it is a very successful company and it's still growing. Just last month, we, were, we became number one in Japan. You know, we, we entered Japan five months ago and now we're number one in Japan for live streaming. Wow. And um, it's it's because we trained in Taiwan, Singapore, Malaysia, Hong Kong, Indonesia. And by the time we got to Japan, you know, we had our experiences. We know things that no one else knows. And we came in and we dominated. So let's talk about social. I got what a total of 8,000 plus streamers that are all KLLs, key online influencers, and them plus celebrities. I, I know pretty much any Chinese celebrity you can name. And with all these people and this leverage, we're going to put it into Mithril and Lit. And the other part, as I said, there's this huge problem that I'm going to solve. Like nobody else is rewarding personal content. I believe content is your intellectual property. You know, when you take a picture or you take a video, the first value that you've created is sentimental value, right? A picture mm-hmm. of your mom, a picture of your wife, your girlfriend, mm-hmm. your dog, you already create sentimental value. There's some, some kind of value there. You can also call it priceless. But then once you put it online and it generates traffic, uh, your friends and your family, and then maybe fans or followers, you're generating value. Mm-hmm. And right now it's centralized, right? I'm going to mm-hmm. decentralize it. So instead of it going into Mark Zuckerberg's hands or Instagram, Facebook, it will go into everybody's hands. It will go into whoever, you know, created it. And if you don't want the rights to, to that content, just like, you know, the Beatles song rights are sold to Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson, you know, now that he's passed away, has, has given to the Michael Jackson Foundation or his kids. Rights for music passes around too. People sell off the rights to their songs. People sell the rights to movies or TV shows. You know, people buy the book rights to remake it in a movie or whatnot. And these rights of your personal content, if you don't want them, and, and Mithra has rewarded you the token, you can you can go trade your tokens on all the other exchanges that will be listed on in the future. And you can trade it for Ethereum. You can trade it for Bitcoin. Um, another way of looking at it is I've created a bridge between social media and, and this social mining and Bitcoin Ethereum because you'll be able to take your myth and you can change it in Ethereum. You can change it in Bitcoin. You can change whatever coin you want. Just like Shapeshift, I was talking about right, where you right. want to spend it or not. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> that, that's a funny thing. I refuse to do airdrops or candy drops or whatever drops because I believe you should, you know, work for your token or you know, proof of work. And I don't want to give nothing away for free. And Mithril is not a shitty coin or a free token. So we refuse to do airdrops or like, um, okay, Exchange wants me to do a promotion with them. I say sure, but I'll give away the Ethereum that I got from my Mithril, but I'm not gonna give away Mithril. Hmm. So, you know, we, we say, okay, we can give away Ethereum away if you want to do some kind of like trading contest or whatever. But thought of some creative promotions, like if, if a token wants to get more well-known or there's some kind of promotion, they give us something, what we call airdrop or, or candy drop or whatnot. But I, I would make you mine it. And but for this week, you can mine this token instead of Mithra or something. You know, we could try all these different things, which I think is going to be fun. Like I said, I lived in China. WeChat mm-hmm. is amazing. It is oh, an amazing here we go. platform. Yeah. I'm back in the United States. Yes. Americans do not even look at WeChat. How can a person like yourself who has been successful in all of Asia bring your success and adaptation to the U.S. market? You hit the nail on the head. 
if, you know, I get what I want. And, and of course, we don't write that in the white paper because like I said, I don't want people, yeah, it's not even a big, big secret. If I can, like WeChat started social, right? An mm-hmm. instant messenger turned into, can do anything financial you need to do. So mm-hmm. same thing right here. You got Facebook, it's getting old, then Snapchat, that's for younger kids. But now Snapchat's getting old, that the crypto generation's coming up. Right. And hopefully the crypto generation understands that their social media is worth something. Right. Now, well, if my, I come my, here with- li- My son is born into a world where he will only know cryptocurrency. Crypto, right. cryptocurrency. So if I get lit going with where you're earning your myth, and if myth does become a dominant social Bitcoin, then I like hopefully in my lit app, you start social, but we handle your crypto for you. Like I said, we put a shape shift in that in that vault. We call it Mithril Vault, right? I think a wallet is is what's in your back pocket. Your your wallet can't do exchanging. It can't shape shift. Your wallet can't you know let you exchange do a exchange in your pocket. But once you're on the app, once you're on your mobile phone, I could add anything inside that wallet. So we want to call it like the Mithril Vault or something, or Mithril Shift or whatever we want to call it. But I do want to go from social. And we want to be the gateway crypto for everybody for that don't know anything about crypto, but they do know Instagram, right? Right. So you go in there, you're using your Instagram, you're earning this Mithril, you check your Mithril vault, wallet, Mithril shift, whatever you want to call it, or, or what we end up calling it, which I'm not sure yet. Then they, they see their Mithril token. They see that their Mithril token can be shifted into Litecoin, Bitcoin, you know, any of the big coins. Or maybe, like I said, is like I don't expect to have to go out there and break in the distribution or look for you know who to accept my Mithril token because I, I expect to shapeshift my token to any other token. But if they take Mithril, even even better, right? But it just depends on widespread adoption or not. Mm-hmm. And if I can get there, I want to build you know the the crypto WeChat, the next generation social platform that, for the crypto generation. And will it penetrate all of the United States or you know all around the world? You know, I, I think you know WeChat with the help of the government has a monopoly in China. So I, c- I could forget about that. Right. But everywhere else, uh, just like 17 Media, 17 Media, is that, you know, we were number one in China, by the way, for about three months, and then we were shut down. Um, I saw you, you guys know, you hit know, the top charts in the U.S. as well. Yeah, we hit number one in, in U.S. for, I don't know, for five, six days, and then, and then we were shut down. And then, um, but yeah, once you lose my mind, it's very hard to come back. Right. But um, like I said... At that time, it looked over. I mean, we got shut down. Our competitors got funding. They were back. They were in the stores using every app then was like Inca 17, Watch Out 17. All our competitors became like something 17. I was surprised Periscope and Meerkat didn't turn Periscope 17 or Meerkat 17 (laughs) to get like, you know, our free traffic, right? Because we were off the stores. You know, we we didn't have enough experience at the time. You know, we we just got totally destroyed and and we made a comeback region by region, each country like Taiwan and then Singapore, then Malaysia, then Hong Kong, like piece by piece that we we took it back. And like I said, Japan's a huge market and that's the one, this is where, you know, the peak is right now. And definitely we want to go to Korea next. And I think U.S. is after that. Awesome. Um, I look at blockchain technology. I look at this, this opportunity with crypto as a way to maybe make a dent in that monopoly, social network monopoly. Man, you got a lot of experience. And I think that leads me to my final question. And that's on on February 23rd, Bitcoin News reported that 46% of ICOs launched in 2017 have failed. Yeah. For you as No surprise. No surprise. (laughs) And and for you, as the leader of your own company, how will you ensure that your company won't be a part of that statistic in uh, 2018? Man, I feel pretty good about my odds, to be honest. I mean, I just see chumps around me, and I think everybody's a chump. You know, I, and, you know, maybe it's a little bit of my hip hop mentality, and it's like calling everybody as a fake rapper or whatnot. <laughs> you know, when I look at everything else in the crypto market, there's only two other coins I respect right now, and that's Bitcoin and uh, and Ethereum. Everybody else is fairly chumpy to me. You know, like I said, either they don't have a product out, they're you know claiming things that you know might never happen. Even like we're very careful with our wording. Right, which is we are an ERC twenty token. The only thing decentralized about what we're doing right this minute is the is the Mithro token. Lit is a centralized platform. I'm definitely looking to somehow decentralize it so that it, it cannot be controlled or changed or whatnot. All the, all the goodies of, of the blockchain technology, you know, is promising. So maybe the the first thing we could probably do sooner or later is create like a decentralized messaging part. Because, you know, Texas is still not so heavy, but still, that's like tons of transactions per second. So we're not there yet. The other one is storing your, your photos and videos. And I know there's a lot of blockchains trying to do that. So at the same time, you know, maybe I don't have all the resources. I don't have all the time. If one of these blockchains that do, you know, I got a couple of friends in the industry. I love Bluezell. I love Pavel. If he comes up with the distributed, you know, content solution, 
you know, I'm glad to decentralize our social network using their their solution. And anybody else is that's creating blockchain technologies that can actually decentralize a social network. Mm. You know, we don't have to do it in house, right? But I definitely see that as, as piece by piece and far away. It's it's not today. So we didn't write any of that in our white paper. And like I said, after after you know writing the white paper, it's like man, I keep spending time just writing shit on a white paper. And, and the more I write anything toward like that's a year out, two years, or three years out. It sounds more and more bullshit to me. Am I going to fail? I doubt it. You know, like, first of all, I haven't raised, you know, the kind of funds that I received from the, the crypto world ever in my life. It's never been that easy and and, and this this supportive. What did you guys and, raise? Uh, 60,000 E, something crazy. Um, but, you know, you say you're crypto 101, right? And people got a little bit of money they might put into crypto. In my opinion, I would put it on the Ethereum. That's what I would do. And for Mithril, you don't need to buy it. I don't need you to buy it. Go mine it. Go earn it. You know, I, I don't want anybody buying my token. Go earn it, you know, and then sell it or, or stake it, you know, whatever. I mean, don't support me if I don't prove myself, right? Or don't support Mithril if we're not worth anything, right? Don't even use it, you know. It doesn't matter to me. I mean, not that it doesn't matter to me, but, like, if I suck, then I suck. Right. You have two mentalities. One is I'm senior give it to me. I'm a senior person. I have been here long enough versus the performance-based person that says, I'm going to perform. And if I perform, I will be rewarded. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. That's, that's what I hear you saying. And I don't know in my short time of being in the crypto space, I've heard anybody actually say, don't buy my product, buy X and let me earn or go mine my stuff. So that's awesome, man. i I appreciate you saying that, and I'm sure the listeners will appreciate hearing that. So, look, two more questions. I'll let you roll. Number one. Sure. Where can people go to find out more about Mithril and Lit? And you. Check out our website, mith.io, mith.io. About me, don't look at my personal life, man. It's, it's on Instagram. It's on Facebook. Or you might read some crap. And, you know, Everybody's got their skeletons. Everybody's done some crazy shit. I mean, there's good stuff and bad online about me and uh Aside from that, um, I definitely want everybody to be more focused on on Mithril than me personally. You know, but I'm bringing whatever experience I've done in the past to the table. Yeah, that that's about it. You know, if you want to know more, like I said, go download the app Lit. I'm sure it's pretty, it's probably out by now. The beta, it's L I T. Um, and, and you know, I, you know, it's a beta version. So you know, I I hope we can get it to have tutorials in there and things I explain every little bit about it so that any any newbies that don't know how to use social media or can't pick it up that fast will we'll figure it out and I, I will be doing more uh, interviews or something so that people can uh, understand and understand it better I think it's not natural right now people don't really understand that their personal content is valuable and that that's a very it's not a hard message to get but um, it needs to be talked about or spread around before people re- will realize that they're giving it away for free mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. And final question, do you read books? Yeah, yeah. I, I read a lot of books. I got books. you. That's yeah. awesome. So, so I love books. I'm an avid book reader. And when I okay. talk to CEOs and leaders or anybody who's any kind of leadership position or successful, moderately successful, I don't really care. I ask mm-hmm. them, what book or books made the biggest impact in their life? So wow, I pose so that question books, to you, right? sir. Guy, you know, I don't want to recommend any of the the business books or any of those like 38 Laws of Power or whatever those kind of books. <laughs> I mean, those are cool books and stuff. Actually, I, I I tell you, don't get the 38 Laws of Power. It makes you a very conniving person or, or very or very strategic. It, it's not cool. I didn't like um, it. Honestly, I yeah, got I about like halfway yeah. through it and I was like, nah, not for me. Yeah, it's it's manipulative, you mm-hmm. know, or or it, it tries to make you manipulative. I don't. I didn't like it either. So I, I wouldn't recommend these types of books or, you know, these business books that are always like inspirational and like, you know, whatever crap, you know, Let, let's stick with, with the name Mithril, right? This is like a JR token, right? So I'm sure younger kids might have not read The Hobbit, but I'm, I'm a big sci-fi fantasy fan. And, and, you know, when I, I wanted to create this token, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to call it something that I can never have, right? Which is Mithril. I was Mithril. wondering where the name came from. That's great. Yeah, yeah. It's the door of a metal, right? It glows when the monster's around. If you watch Lord of the Rings, the movies, I was like telling my brother the other day, yeah, and it's like Thor's hammer's made out of Mithril. My brother's like, no, it's Euro. And I'm like, what? Oh, yeah, shit, you're right. It's not made out of Mithril. But, you know, in the back of my head, I always thought, you know, Thor's hammer's made out of Mithril, but I guess it's not. <laughs> Aside from that, like, so recommend a book, recommend a book. I mean, Game of Thrones is so big now, so I don't need to recommend that. Uh, so I made a lot of money recently. 
and I wanted to go and buy these book rights to make into a movie or a TV drama, a TV series like Game of Thrones. And mm-hmm. it's uh, The Rift War Saga by Raymond E. Feast. Spell that out. And Rift War, R-I-F-T-W-A-R, Rift War Saga. And uh, the author is Raymond E. Feast. Feist, F-E-I-S-T. And, you and, bought that? Uh, no, I, I, you know, he, he's too big. He's a big shy. He, he don't need money. And uh, I don't have the credentials to really make a Hollywood or TV movie. So, yeah, he, he's not giving it to me. <laughs> and uh, that part of that series is called the Empire Trilogy. And it, it has a girl protagonist. And so uh, he co-wrote that with Janie Wirtz. Janie, J-A-N-N-Y, Wirtz, W-U-R-T-S. And uh, there's six books. The, or, yeah, there, I mean, there's there's tons more after that. But Rift Force Saga and the, and the Daughter of the Empire or, or the uh, Empire yeah, trilogy sold yeah man. Look, sold you got me that dude, those, awesome. are, those are great right all right well hey man that's all i have do you have anything else you want to add no it's, it was a very it's a great interview aaron Yo, yo, everyone. Thanks again for listening. Check out the links on the show notes and don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a positive review. If you want to get in touch with me, then send me an email, aaron.paul at crypto101podcast.com or contact me on Twitter at ICO101podcast. Until next time, boom, kapow, peace. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.